Coders, good afternoon. It is episode 121 of the House Code World podcast. I am now live as I usually am, or this time every uh, Thursday. It is Thursday, the 28th of November, which can only mean one thing that my MacBook Pro will be arriving in about two, perhaps three weeks, depending on supply chain issues. But uh, I'm super excited for that. Today we've got a, a, a quite a, a large-ish show. I've been taking notes throughout the week of things that I want to say, and it's just increased as the days have gone by. So we've got some housekeeping, then we've got some news, and then um, I've got I want to talk a little bit about the podcast site and the changes to that. So let's first up get to the housekeeping. First of all, uh, we have a new website for the podcast. Um, I say a new website. The address is the same as it was before, howtocodewell.fm, but it is new. It has been reborn out of the ashes of uh, Sculpin, and <laughs> Sculpin is a great framework, but it just didn't didn't suit for what I was trying to, to use it for. I'm going to discuss that more uh, throughout the show as as uh, why I decided to go uh, the way, direction I did, how I've built it, um, and future improvements and that kind of stuff. So I'll discuss uh, the d- details of that later on. Um, the asset, the as, <laughs> the assets, the the images of the main site, so howtocowell.net, are now back and restored. Uh, I was having a lot of issues with SSL. One of my SSL certificates uh, ran out, and it was at the time when there was a problem with the. Uh, with the hosting provider on their end and it basically ran over the time in which I should have renewed it. And it took a while for them to put the right wires in the right holes, I suppose. Um, but yes, the long and short of it is that the assets are now back and uh, are being served properly. So that's great. And you know, everything is, is working as it should. That site is still a Gatsby site. I am yet to migrate the uh, symphony work that we've been doing over over to the new stuff but um it's as it was which was good okay so also i am planning a new course and i'm doing this i'm planning this live on youtube so uh this is a beginner friendly course and this is something that i haven't really done before i haven't planned a course on you know live um which I started it last Tuesday and um, or this Tuesday and it it was good it was good I actually think we got quite a lot planned through it is it isn't planned as much as I would normally plan it on my own uh, plan a course on my own um, and that's because I am streaming live I'm thinking about the code I'm also talking to the you know the chat there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of plates to spin when you're streaming, um, obviously. So I didn't have full concentration on the things that I was on, on any one thing. Uh, but, but saying that I do think that I'm going to continue planning this. Um, let's just talk about the course for a minute. So this is a beginner friendly PHP course, and, um, this is going to teach, uh, session management as well as like logging in and logging out of a system. And this is, like I said, very beginner friendly. There's, n- there's not going to be any frameworks involved. It's going to teach raw, uh, raw basic, uh, basics, not the right word, the uh, raw vanilla, uh, PHP. None of that is basic. <laughs> 
So raw vanilla PHP uh, from the ground up. And we're going to be uh, doing things like um, not just PHP, a little bit of HTML, a little bit of CSS, no frameworks whatsoever. And it's it's the emphasis is going to be, or the the current emphasis, shall we say, is going to be around sessions. However, as in my previous experience goes, when I create these courses, the the origin story, shall we say, gets very uh, diluted. <clears throat> it gets um, molded. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> This is a live show, as you can tell. Um, it gets changed. The uh, the scope changes, and I focus more on, say, I don't know, teaching functions than I do teaching methods and or or classes or um, MVC stuff or whatever. You know, things start to move, and and uh, that's why I haven't really boiled down the title of the course because I usually come up with the title at the end of the course. Um, I say, usually I haven't actually done a course this, uh, this year. So this is, this is, and the reason why I'm planning this is because I'm getting that MacBook pro and I want to use that as the, the machine that I'm going to do my recording on, um, and, or at the very least the editing on. So I'm trying to get this all prepared. So I think I originally wanted this to be like three, maybe four streams, but I've got a feeling it's going to go on for a little bit longer than that. Um, just because, um, I'm, I'm coming up with different ideas as I go. So, uh, that is happening every Tuesday and this is going to be a, a YouTube only thing. So I stream, if you don't know, I stream on, on the weekends on Twitch and I'm going to keep that for something else. We'll talk about that later. Um, but the, the, the YouTube streams from here on out will be focusing on that, on the planning of that course. And when I say planning, I don't just mean, I don't, I don't just mean writing the code. I mean, actually planning lesson plans coming up with, um, the, 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 the requirements of the learner, the prerequisites that the learner needs to have in order to, uh, come up, you know, to, to, take on the course. Um, so the learning outcomes, I'm, I'm planning all of that stuff. I'm, I'm also doing a little bit of script writing as well. So all of that is going to be done on, you know, live. So it's, it's totally interesting, sort of out of my comfort zone sort of thing. So again, that happens every Tuesday and that's going to be happening around 6 PM, which is uh, British summertime here in the UK, um, every Tuesday. Okay, so the next thing to talk about is, um, yes, I've been making YouTube shorts. I've been playing around with the YouTube short stuff. So it's a, it's like YouTube's version of TikTok. Um, so vertical videos. And uh, I have released two in the last two weeks. And I think that's probably how I'm going to do it at the moment. Um However, I have others scheduled to go for like next Monday and then the following week and so on and so forth. And I've been creating like little bite-sized tutorials in vertical video um, around PHP. So the first one I did was about the spaceship operator in PHP. And the second one I've done is uh, regarding the, um, the null coalescing operator. Now I've got links in the show notes below for these if you want to see them. Um, I'm just playing around with it. I'm just playing around. These are also going to be on TikTok too. TikTok too. That's a mouthful. Um, and we'll just see. Well, there's more coming. I've done some recording for a lot more, and they'll be coming down the pipeline. So I've been focusing, like I said, primarily on PHP, and um, 
I'm going to be doing some PHP 8 kind of things. And these are very bite-sized. These are kind of like just, you know, they're only 60 seconds long. That's how small they are. So you have to be very precise. It's a very different way of creating content, um, which uh, I'm finding very interesting at the moment. So yeah, to check them out. If you do do come across them, do take a look. And if you've got any suggestions for future shorts, anything that I can teach within 60 seconds uh, around the stuff that I do here on How to Code Well, that would be awesome if you've got suggestions. Um, the next one is, um, that it's a sort of a personal thing, personal business thing. And that is that I am, um, in the market for buying a NAS, which is a, a network attached storage device. Um, and this is because, I mean, this happens. I have this every time I go and buy another device, I buy a, a laptop or a desktop or something. Every time this happens, I'm now, I'm, I'm in that predicament of, Hmm. I really need to sort out my backups. I have backups obviously here in the office, but they're not great at all. They're the, the typical backups that you would probably, um, you, you know what I mean. And what I would like is some centralized place where I store all the things, um, and all the time machines go there and, you know, everything is in one nice condensed area. Now I have a rack server. It's a half rack server. Uh, you know, a rack mount, rack unit thing. And I, I have, what, looking at this now, about four different bays available to me. And I'm thinking maybe, I'm looking at the RS1221 Plus from Synology. So it has to be a Synology thing. That's where I've got my heart set to. Um, either that or uh, the DS, which is the desktop version, um, which is, I'm thinking maybe the 1621 Plus. Anything that isn't an XS, I would have loved to to get hold of an X an XS Plus, but unfortunately, they don't support SHR. I know we're going into a bit of the weeds here with the backup stuff, but SHR essentially allows you to to mix and match your drives. I don't have a, a, hu- a ton of money to spend on these uh, these uh, terabyte drives, and you can get all the way up to as I saw the other evening, like 18 terabytes now. It's insane. But, you know, you have to basically sell your kidney for one of those. Um, so, yeah, with SHR, it allows you to mix and match the drive. So you, you can not only mix and match the the uh, the make and model of the drives and the speed of the drives, but also the the, the capacity of the drives, which is what I'm looking for. Obviously, with the XS Plus stuff, it's, um, it's more geared towards enterprise in air quotes and they have huge like warranties on them which kind of is their way of justifying the fact that if you can spend that amount of money then you won't be using shr you'll just be using typical raid and uh, you'll be buying all the drives at once and they'll all be the same capacity and the next time the budget rolls over you'll have enough money to just upgrade all all the things i can't work like that unfortunately (laughs) my pockets aren't that deep so sshr shr is my way of 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 doing that so anyway i am in the market for a nas drive so i don't know yet when or what i'm going to pick up but i should be hopefully picking something up before that macbook comes in so then it gives me a little bit of time to organize myself better Okay, let's move on to the, uh, the, the news. The first one is a very PHP-centered news thing, and that is something that I'm probably going to say every time we do a podcast until probably 
November the 28th, 2021. If you're a PHP developer and you don't have that date embedded in your brain, then hopefully by that time, all the podcasts that I do will force you in order to come up with an upgrade plan. <laughs> what I'm saying here is that PHP 7, PHP 7 that was released in 2015 is now losing active support in November 20, uh, sorry, November the 28th this year. Okay. So in literally it is the 28th. Now you have a month, a month of active support, um, for PHP 7. After that, there is uh, a year support from t t until November the 28th, uh, 2022 for what's called extended support. So this is support for things like security fixes and, and, and so on. But it's not going to be actively maintained. It's only, well, it's, un it's not going to be actively improved. It's going to be actively maintained from the security standpoint, but not actively improved. So... What I, what I would like is for you to, uh, you know, the takeaway on this is just get a an upgrade plan together. If you haven't done so already, please do. And I will be talking about this, reminding everybody every time I do a stream until the 28th um, next month. <laughs> so, yeah, after November the 28th, uh, 2022, Microsoft, this is another kicker. Microsoft will no, no longer support PHP. November the 28th, 2022, Microsoft will no longer support PHP. So if you're using PHP in Microsoft World, um, then you, that you need to have a plan for that. Uh, <laughs> okay. So moving on to, uh, the second article. This is an awesome one. So bash auto completion, um, is coming to the Symphony console. And this, this has got me really excited. I'm really, I, I use auto completion when I'm in the terminal all of the time. And apparently this is coming in, in a, a, a future symphony update. So this adds support to autocomplete commands and option names also allowing you to dynamically, um, complete values for arguments and options. It's a brilliant thing. Um, it means that you can add custom completion support to your own commands and open source projects. How amazing is that? I mean, PHP and Symfony just, just continue to improve all the time. It's just so good to see these little things coming in. I didn't even know I needed that, but now I want it and every project will have that. <laughs> Um, thank you. Thank you for saying, yeah, both, both, uh, both shorts are super cool. Oh, that's great to know. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. So bash auto completion and symphony console commands. I'm so looking forward to that. That's, that's super, super cool. Um, okay. In the next piece, uh, that I want to talk about things that aren't super, super cool. <laughs> this, this, this is something that I just had to read again and again and again. And then I, I watched the actual video footage of it. And it's one of those things that you literally can't write. It's just so embarrassing. Uh, so the uh, Missouri governor <laughs> oh, God, has released a fundraising video stating that digging around in HTML is a crime. Oh, come on. Uh, this is after a social security, uh, social security numbers were found uh, of teachers in HTML code. I mean, that's crazy, right? So code that would be clear text in HTML, or at least I would hope base 64 encoded, even though 
I mean, it's encoded, so it's not in clear text, but still, that's not good. Um, apparently, the journalists were able to hack hack the HTML source code. You really can't make this stuff up. It's ridiculous. Uh, this, this is a problem, in my opinion, where you have too many yes people surrounding sort of a high, high-powered politician. Um, and it's not just that the governor got this wrong, got the terms wrong. It's the fact that there were so many people who okayed his statement. He actually went out and said... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the HTML source code was hacked. I mean, come on. Uh, Right-click open source. There we go. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and in my opinion, it's not the, the fault of the journalist. It should. It's the fault of the person who actually put that in the source code. It's the programmer. It's the or, or I mean, you can't even say it's a programming programmer because it's a HTML. I mean, how if it was to be base sixty four encoded? I don't even know if it was, but you would need to have JavaScript to do that. Uh, I don't know. To, and then manipulate the DOM with all that. I don't know. This is like one of these really messy sort of legal areas. Um, let's see if we can, let's see if we can get out of this. Okay. So the, <laughs> the next one, the next piece of info isn't, isn't that particularly good either. And that is about Microsoft talking about people that you don't trust. Ah, Microsoft is losing confidence in the .NET community. Um, and yes, I know I'm not part of that community. I used to be. Um, I used to do a little bit of that, but I don't do it anymore. Um, but uh, this is this is a bit sad. This is a little bit sad because I've done many videos before about Microsoft and their advances into and their 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 great support of open source. However, what's happened recently is that um, the certain features have been removed, like completely removed from .NET, and then re-added again um, based on business decisions. And it's a bit sad. Uh, all of all, the whole thing is a bit, and it, it just leaves a little bit of a sour taste. So let's talk about what they did. So there's this, um, there's this utility called um, Hot Reload, and you you were able to use that in .NET in the preview versions of .NET, um, and it it's a great it's it's basically like uh, hot reloading. Uh, it's like your your npm watch that kind of jazz that that stuff. It's you know a very powerful thing, and it was a business decision that was made about removing that from .net and only allowing that to be in VS Code. VS Code is the paid IDE, <laughs> and so basically they had this OS thing, the .net. And they pulled that out and they wanted to put that into a paid thing. And there was all sorts of excuses and stuff. One excuse uh, that I read was that uh, it's, they pulled it out because of the priorities, conflicting priorities with uh, other things. You know, they couldn't really um, maintain all of that stuff. But the thing is, the thing that really annoys me is the fact that they just completely removed it without any form of um consideration to the developers they didn't ask the developers they didn't they didn't you know they didn't they didn't think about the community um before they did it and if you if you remove a feature that is already being used um 
and is perhaps not seen at the moment as stable, then there are ways that you could you could include it into your stable version, but as a sort of a preview, as a kind of a hidden under a user opt-in sort of thing. The fact that they actually completely removed the code that, that, that just doesn't leave a bad that doesn't leave a good taste, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if they had a, a user opt-in thing, this would give developers the freedom of choice to use it or not. Um, the complete removal of the feature seems quite drastic to me. Unfortunately, I feel like this damage has already been done. And a lot of devs that I'm seeing on Twitter are not happy at all about this. Um, and I, I don't want to sound overdramatic, but this does feel like the most closed source thing an open source wannabe kind of company can do. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunately eroded some of the trust in the, in the platform. Um, and it's, it's because it was a business thing, a business decision. It's got a lot of backs up of, of people in the OS community. And it's sad because um, Microsoft were doing some, have been and are doing some really good, taking good strides in, the open source community and things like this just don't help that progression, that journey. Okay. Let's talk about something that is exciting. <laughs> and that is the how to code well.net uh, dot. <laughs> let's start that again. Let's talk about something. See, normally when I would do this and I have a talking like a robot now, usually when I, when I do a recording like this and I'm not doing it live, I would put a break in, and then I would pick that up, that up on the audio level and I would cut, scroll back and then start again. And I would say something like, let's now talk about something more exciting. Let's talk about the how to code well dot FM website. <laughs> and then I would cut and there we go. Okay. So this is a new site that I have built um, and I have built it using Symphony. Symphony 5.3. Beforehand, it was using Sculpin, which is a static site generator in PHP. However, the I, I, I wasn't using it in the way it was intended. So I was finding that the maintenance overhead of a static site was quite huge because I would have to create these pages um, every time I did an episode and every, and that back then I was doing some interviews with people. And so we would have the, the podcast page that would be up created. We would have the homepage that would be updated. We would have the guests page that would also be updated. We would have the, um, the Twitter icon, the, you know, the avatar that would be included. There was a lot of things to do every week just for like an hour podcast. And there I was thinking there must be a better way to do this. Essentially, the podcast is just a series of RSS, is just like an RSS feed, right? To anyone else, it's just an RSS feed that you that anybody can get hold of. And this RSS feed is supplied to Spotify and iTunes and then basically anywhere that plays this podcast, which is pretty much everywhere. So I thought, why don't I just use the RSS feed to populate automatically the website? Sounds sensible, right? I mean, it was a no-brainer after that. So what I did is I decided that Sculpin, yeah, great, not fit for my purpose. 
I'm going to just completely rebuild it using Symfony and we're going to put it in a Docker container and we're going to use uh, SQLite as the database because obviously you need to store the stuff. You can't just be reading from the RSS feed all the time. Plus, I, I might want to manipulate some of the some of the, uh, the the content from the RSS feed. So it reads the RSS feed and it does so through a, a Symfony console command on a cron. So it, it, it discovers what um, episodes are currently stored in the SQL light SQL light uh, data store. And then if it's found one that it already knows of, it updates it. And if it hasn't found the thing that it's got, then it creates one. So after this show goes out, I can then run that cron or that cron will automatically run and it will, uh, it will pick this new show up um, episode 121 as a new entity in the database and create that. It will then automatically update the homepage and, you know, with the podcast player on there and, and other bits and pieces too, um, which is so handy because that means that it's so hands off, which is what I wanted. Um, I am, I'm a super busy guy. And the last thing I want to do is just uh, retype stuff um, again and again and again. Like for instance, I'm reading here off of my notes and these notes will go on to the, or some of these notes will be updated and changed because there's a couple of grammar, grammar, I can't even say it, some spelling mistakes here and there, as I can see on the, in red. Um, and then that will be pushed to uh, the, the podcast host as well, because you can add that. That will become part of the RSS feed, and then that will eventually turn out to be on the description page of the podcast, of the episode page. Whereas beforehand, with Skelpin, I would have to not only um, create the notes here, I would then put it in YouTube, I would then have to put it in the podcasting host, and then I would have to do something on the website. So that's like three different places of putting in the same piece of code, or same content. The thing is, in each of those three different places, the content is slightly different and is formatted differently. Some, sometimes the, um, the podcast host that I was using beforehand had some various ways of doing like inline HTML. Yeah, it just got a bit, of, got a bit messy. So now I'm just using the RSS feed as a single source of truth, which kind of makes sense, right? Kind of makes sense. So yeah, it reads the RSS feed to update the content. This is done, as I mentioned, through a Symfony console script, which I will be updating to use this bash auto completion when it does ar arrive, which I cannot wait for. Um, another really big thing uh, that this site has is that it does have a contact form. Finally, there is a way that you guys can contact me and give me suggestions or if you've got any questions or you just want to have a shout out on the episodes, you know, then you can you can come in contact there. So it's howtocodewell.fm forward slash contact and uh, fill out that form. There's two radio buttons, whether or not you want this to be a private feedback. So feedback that I just keep to myself. Or if you want it to be, you know, um, want me to mention it live on the show, if you've got a question that you want to put out into the ether or something that you just want me to, to mention, um, then, uh, then you can do that. Now, there are obviously other ways that you can contact me through Twitter or through um, Discord, but this is more of a sort of a, 
because it goes directly to me in my inbox, you know, I, I, and, and I do read it all the things, but this is more geared towards the podcast. It's, you know, more narrowed down in that sense. And there's a selection of different topics that you can ask. So if you've got a suggestion for the podcast, that's one. If you've got, I think there's one there for like, a, if you've got a suggestion for a future course, if you want to be a guest on the show, or if you want, if you know of someone who would like to be a guest on the show, um, on all of that stuff. So you can, you can tailor down your contact, um, as, as, as you see fit. Um, now in terms of structuring and configuration, this is all done in Terraform and Ansible. Like I said, it's in a Docker container. Um, other features include that it, it has better URL, um, support. So for example, beforehand on the, old site there was like how to well.fm forward slash episode and then forward slash a huge horrible sl- you know url slug episode number hyphen and then blah 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 and that got really messy because again that would i would have to come up with that by hand um now it's just how to well.fm forward slash the episode number so this will be how to well.fm forward slash one two one boom <clears throat> that's all <coughs> excuse me so yeah, it's got a better better URL structure. There's a lot of things that uh, I have yet to do. So for example, it doesn't have a sitemap anymore. Um, it doesn't have uh, other uh, other things like it. It needs to have a, a proper favicon. It needs better social media tag support and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, meta stuff. Um, there's some mobile issues that I need to address, some CSS stuff that I need to work on. By the way, it doesn't have, uh, any sort of particular framework in terms of CSS. It's just raw CSS. I mean, it it is a relatively small site and I want to keep it as simple as possible. Um, but it is using Symfony and, uh, we're going to be doing improving this site live um and we're this is what we're going to be doing on twitch that plus the howtocodewell.net site as well as other howtocodewell-esque things so as i mentioned right at the start of this when i was talking about the um the php course that i'm planning that will be done on youtube that will happen every tuesday and then the the howtocodewell.fm and the improvements to howtocodewell.net and other things will happen on Twitch. Now about Twitch, um, I think I mentioned beforehand that, uh, some weekends I'm going to have to, uh, mix and match when I do Twitch, um, on the Saturday or the Sunday this weekend, I can only do it on the, on the Saturday, uh, because I'm busy on the Sunday. So I'm going to try and keep consistency in terms of the timings. So it's always going to happen at 1430 uh, British summertime. But in some cases, it's going to happen on the Saturday. And in some cases, it's going to happen on the Sunday. It really depends on what I've got planned over the weekends. Um, I do search and rescue with um, my, my, my dog, my English Springer Spaniel Murphy. And because the evenings are getting darker now, uh, we tend to be doing those over the weekends rather than on the evenings during the week. So, and, and they can fall on either Saturday or Sunday. So we need to be a little bit flexible there. Um, and then obviously because of, you know, the lockdowns have been lifted, it's nice to go and actually see people <laughs> now. So yeah, we, I, I'm still going to be streaming on Twitch, but it's going to be a little bit hickledy pickledy for the time being, I think. Um, so that's going to, 
That, so that's happening. Ah, well, I have covered all the bits that I wanted to talk about. If you've got any questions, suggestions, any feedback, anything that you want to discuss with me or anything that you want to discuss out for me to mention out on the, on the show, please uh, go to howtocowell.fm forward slash contact and uh, write me a message. Just say hello. That'd be great. I'm going to shoot off now. Thank you ever so much for watching. And this will be published on the podcast players tomorrow morning. Happy coding. See you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.